0: Get ready. Welcome to the Two Metal Fans Podcast. Where we talk about metal and non-metal and things about life and the so used to. It. Welcome back, all you cats and kittens. This is Logan with the Two Metal Fans Podcast, and with me sitting next to me today, I have the one, the only
1: Carol Baskin. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I actually wish that was your name, though. Really? Yeah. I think I'd have to change it. Jordan Carol Baskin. Jordan Carol Baskin. But
1: would it be like my first name is Carol hyphen Baskin? No, it's all just runs together. It's just Carol Baskin. <laughs> but it's it's still my first name. Yes, it's. Your I first still name. have a middle and a name. Correct. Night. Yes. Okay. So, nice to meet you, Carol Baskin. Hey, you know I'm I'm here for you, man. You know, let's do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what have you been listening to this week? And by you, I mean
1: us. Well, I can only answer uh, Myself Uh, And honestly, not a lot this week Um, I kind of listened to these albums When they came out on the 5th Um, But I did listen to Make Them Suffer's newest album But I think we're reviewing that next month
0: Yeah, we're reviewing that Because their dates were changing so much With the uh, virus Coronavirus It went from June 5th to like July 24th And now it, it came out on I don't know. Last week, last Friday, something like yeah, last a few Friday days, yeah. A few days ago. So it's like
1: June. It's either the first or the second album of June is the, or July. Sorry, yeah, okay. first or second album of July we'll, is. So we'll save that one for then. Um, but I mean, didn't really listen to a lot of music this this week and weekend because there's a lot of a lot of video games that came out. So it no, it wasn't video games. It was video no, it, game. No, the week prior. So like from Monday until now. Rainbow Six Siege got their new season, Okay. so Monday and Tuesday I was playing Rainbow Six Siege all night with Jay, Okay. and then from Wednesday until Friday I was playing the new Pokemon expansion. Hell yeah. And then from Friday until like literally last night, I was playing The Last of Us Part 2. Damn, dude. I'm jealous. I've been
0: playing Pokemon because that's all I have, and it's amazing, I love it so much. What about listening? That's the real important question here. Listening. What do I listen to? I'm listening to it a lot because after Martin suggested Justice for the Damned I checked them out and my lord I am a fan but I don't want to talk too much because that is gonna be reviewed next month as well so that kind of sucks but from Justice for the Damned phew, other than that oh there was another oh what was it it just came out too oh Hollow Front's loose threads it's like they're a metalcore band uh, I checked them out. wasn't the biggest fan. They definitely, the production was a bit lower than a lot of the stuff we've been listening to, and they're definitely a newer band. I think they have potential, but for me, I'll def. I like like I would like it if it came on, but I'm not gonna seek it out. Did you ever, have you ever heard of Howlin'? Never heard of them, but I totally get what you mean. Yeah, so I would definitely like enjoy what I was listening to, but I'm not going to go seek it out. And other than that, no, I was actually super behind in putting my reviews in. I didn't even do it till yeah, the for day. for once, it wasn't me. I know, you're all... I mean, I'm
1: still behind, but like, it's not <laughs> only me. <laughs> I always have
0: to text you the day the review is supposed to be up, like, hey, don't forget. Not because I'm like mad at you, I just wanting to remind you. Yeah. And then this time, I went two weeks without putting anything up. I was like, oh, crap, I totally forgot. But now... That I've dwelled on it. We reviewed Covets latest release Technicolor. Covets a band that they're what math rock maybe progressive instrumental rock metal I don't know they're mostly instrumental and In this album they there was a bit of singing which threw me off yeah but it was it was it was good and, um I'm glad that there wasn't singing every song because I think their songs are best written like without singing and to just kind of go fun and swank around but the singing ones definitely were tasteful i thought this album was a huge step up from efflorescence just song structure song variability the upbeatness and how much fun every single song was very upbeat very fun you could like either like you could either dance to it like sway to it bob your head to it or even make up lyrics in your head to like it was just a very upbeat fun thing to listen to and very structurally sound production was top notch there was like there was nothing wrong with the album whatsoever it wasn't perfect because i don't know i just didn't i wasn't 100 percent listening in like at euphoria through the whole thing but it was damn good and i gave it an 8.6 out of 10. favorite song I I actually no one song okay but no one song was bad so it was just kind of a consistent cohesive piece of great music. What about yourself, my friend?
1: I gave this one an eight point three 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 three. Um, I also uh, there's no one song that stood out or was bad, and like when I listened to it, you could definitely tell there was jumps between like okay this is a new song this is a new song but like looking back they all just sounded the same to me. Um. Huge step up. Love the writing process. The, their guitarist, um, Yvette, One of her interviews, she said she plays guitar to try to like em- emulate a piano. Ooh, okay. So like she's using two-handed tapping, and not just like Eddie Van Halen style, where it's like three notes really fast. She's like using all of her fingers on both hands to like create interesting sounds, and I think that style is amazing. Um, and the songs where there is singing it's very tasteful I don't think it I think it only adds it doesn't remove anything from the song but I also agree that I don't think all their songs need singing in fact if you added it in there I'm not sure it would it might bring down how quality the song is right I don't think it would help I
0: like I said it just the song structures work so well the way they are and if you were to add vocals it would definitely take away from the instruments in that sense like they don't dumb down the instruments to put vocals in, which is what, I'm not going to say every band does, but whenever you're, you're not doing a guitar solo while someone's singing or screaming. So, but the re- when they're not using vocals, it's like solos a lot of the time, not not actually, but the complexity behind the music is just always there. Um, honestly, like, this would be a great band for a non metalhead to listen to, to potentially get more into heavier music, even though it's not a heavy album at all. It's just the complexities that you find in it can be similar to the complexities you find in like progressive metal. Why are you smiling? I can see you smiling.
1: Oh, I'm smiling because there was a study done that linked people who like classical music, specifically like Baroque style, to metal heads. Broke my neck style. <laughs> <laughs> Broke my neck. Oh my god! But yeah, no. Um, they there's a study that linked them, and it's because they actually share a lot of the same musical themes. One just sounds like it came from God. The other one might sound like it came from Satan. Mm. But you know, interesting. So yeah, I mean, I would
0: if you're not a metalhead listening to this one, why this makes sense? But two, check Covet's Technicolor out because I I think it's like an album that anybody will like. Like, I can't see someone listening to that and being like, I don't like that. They might not be like, I wanna listen to that all the time, but they're not gonna be like, oh, turn that shit off. Cause there's a big difference in that. With a lot of the times when I play heavy music, my parents are like, hey, turn that shit off. Verbatim, Ver- hey, turn that shit off. <laughs> exactly. I was funny, quick aside real quick. I was helping my dad at his bar working on it this weekend and I was playing music cause he let me be the DJ. So I was being very kind and I was not playing heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. I was doing like the Beatles, a lot of classic rock. But at one point I put on the sword, which mm-hmm. is like kind of a stoner rock and slightly metal band, no screaming whatsoever. And he said, this is getting close to that scream of shit. Oh my God. <laughs> and I said, dad, they're not even screaming. They're just singing. And he's like, well, it's getting close to it. I was like, all right, I'll put it back on the Beatles for you. Dude, how did he ever survive when we had pool parties at your house? Um, I guess you couldn't hear it that much inside I don't know <laughs> poor neighbors <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so Technicolor is a very accessible album so much happening and from start to finish it'll keep you interested without a doubt you know what else will keep you interested
1: from start to finish without a doubt a good movie which would be what you, you can't just leave me hanging there oh god
0: um shit Anything by Adam Sandler. <laughs> I
1: say that not actually, not literally. I thought oh I I see, I thought you meant like the movie's name was anything. Oh, by Adam Sandler. Right. No, I was You saying, just mean a movie with him. Right, but that's not
0: true. He I mean, he can't be funny, but he can also be bad. No, I
1: mean I think you watch an Adam Sandler movie and you know what you're going to expect and you enjoy it, but it's not like you'd watch it again. And it's not gonna win any awards. No. But yeah, it, it's its own taste. It, maybe maybe Uncut Gems is like the different- I haven't seen it yet, but I, I've heard that it should have won awards. so- But I, it can't be better than 50 First Dates.
0: I haven't seen 50 First Dates all the way through. Okay, okay. I saw the first 10 minutes and fell asleep. Okay, well, you you know what the rest of the movie's like then. Oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fair enough. But what were you going to say? What, start to finish, will always keep your attention? Uh,
1: A good movie. Yeah. Anything by Adams. <laughs> we're just we're playing the plot of Fifty First Dates now. Oh, just over and over. Yeah, usually the that, same date. That's the plot. Yeah. The same thing over yeah, and over. She has amnesia.
0: Oh, that. Yeah. So it's,
1: okay. It's not.
0: It's like fifty first dates. So yeah. she's like meeting him for the first time every time? Fifty times. Yeah. Man, but man. he's like you know fucking okay, fifty dates him. in. I mean, I guess for him that could be a good or a bad thing because like she. After 50 dates, she won't hate him because it's new every time.
1: Right, but like if he screws up, then like that's one day where it just didn't go well, you know? Right, but then he has the next day clean slate. All right, so the Ghost Inside's The Ghost Inside, probably going to keep your attention a little more than fifty first dates.
0: Definitely. Um, ghost Inside holds a very, very special place in my heart. They were the first like metal, screamo, whatever you want to call it, concert I ever went to. And Did you go for them or were you just there? I went for them because they were the only band that I no, that's not true. They were the band that I knew the most music of. But this was still so early on in me finding this style of music that I didn't know them that well. It was um, Glass Cloud, Miss May I, and The Ghost Inside. Mm. Didn't know Glass Cloud. I knew Miss May I and I knew The Ghost Inside. And it was such a phenomenal show at it was at Pops. And so that pops, they've got these two steel beams in the middle of the room. It's a pretty large room. And they got a circle pit going around the steel beams, which basically was the entire room. Yeah. So it was so freaking fun. Um. But as for their new album, The Ghost Inside, a much-weighted release, I was expecting... I'm going to be honest. I was expecting
1: it to be kind of bad. I was expecting cookie-cutter metalcore from, like, Twenty ten, mm-hmm. and like only because there's their, their circumstance, right? They, and you you, you want to fill everybody in on what their circumstance
0: was? Yeah. So for those of you that might not know who the Ghost Inside is, they are a, I would call them like a fusion of hardcore and metalcore, and in two thousand and fifteen, they got in a bus accident going from one tour date to another, where their bus collided with a I think it was a semi truck, and it was a horrible, horrible accident. I don't remember exactly who, I believe both drivers uh, died and it might've been one other person. Nobody in the band died, but they had serious injuries and it took them five years collectively as a band to recover before they um, played a show. Four years, four and a half years before they played a show. Five years to release new music. And the drummer lost a leg i know that jonathan the vocalist had some very very bad problems with his ankles and he had a lot of physical therapy i don't know about the other members in the band but i know they went through physical therapy as well so it's just this long grueling process of like relearning how to live let alone play music that's fast-paced and heavy as hell yeah doesn't the drummer have like a special drum like foot pedal yeah so i from what i've seen he has this pedal that sits underneath I don't know what the term is for someone that lost a leg, so I'm not trying to sound mean, but the nub of his leg, like he just pushes that down and it hits a pedal, which then hits a kick drum. And so he still does. I mean, just listen to the first song in the album, um, 1333. That is an incredible kicking drum. Like, it, ah, it just blows me away. You
1: wouldn't be able to tell this guy had lost a leg. No, no. He's, he's kicking double bass with the best of them. Yeah,
0: sad fact the first song, 1333. Yeah, that's it, is the amount of days that it took from the bus accident to their first show since the bus accident. So basically, their, a lot of days. their recovery time, that's a lot of days. Um, so yeah, I was expecting the album to be kind of not good just because I didn't think they'd be able to physically handle the, I don't know, the physical nature of putting on an album like that. But boy, I was fucking wrong, and I'm so glad I was wrong.
1: Yeah, I was expecting, especially since the drummer would essentially have to relearn how to drum. Like I was expecting some very listenable music. Yeah. And that's that's it. And the fact that they were making a record at all was amazing. And like I was going to support it even if it was like trashed here, but this actually is extremely good. Like if you did not know who these guys were and you just picked up this album, You'd be surprised to find out the trials and tribulations they went through to get here, essentially relearning music, and it, to find out is this good? Like wow! Like they worked with some incredible people
0: to make it happen. I know that Will Put Will Putney was the producer who's. If you don't know Will Putney, you don't know the scene because he puts in, he is the producer of so many incredible albums. Um, and then Jeremy McKinnon from a Day to Remember was also in the in the studio with them. Um, so yeah they came out came out swing one of their terms from their older albums for their first song 1333 and then like the first four yeah the first four songs just they just come at you hard as hell fast and lyrically they don't dwell on the accident which i like a lot like i mean it would have been probably a very emotional and very powerful album if it was all about the accident but for them, like I understand them wanting to move past it. They did a lot of very positive flowing lyrics. Um, they introduced singing for the first time. I mean, I've listened to it for a long time. I don't think I've ever heard Jonathan sing, but he does on this album. It sounds good. I mean, it's not it's not like incredible singing, but it, for someone that hasn't sang before on an album, it was really good. And I don't know if you noticed, but did to you, did the singing sound like a day to remember? I don't. If it if it you did, you didn't realize. Yeah. So I think with Jeremy being a part of the producer and helping Jonathan, like I can just hear these like uh, the similar vocal styles between a data Jeremy from the Data Member and Jonathan from the Ghost Inside. It was pretty cool. Uh, the the album, singing was definitely awesome. Yeah, it. like it was well done. Very well done. They're like they just do this like um, ambient positive vibe. Like that's what the whole album is. It's just these positive, powerful messages. So. I highly recommend it. My favorite song, it's kind of hard. Pressure Point is like overall, like an incredible, incredible, like heavy hitting their back at it song. But then Phoenix Rise is like, I thought it should have been the last song on the album, but it was kind of their way of being like, yo, we were down, but we're coming back. It's like a sing along anthem. And my favorite song by The Ghost Inside is Engine 45. Don't think that's going to be topped, but like the chorus to that song Reminded me a lot with the chorus of Phoenix rise like those two And that's probably why I like it so much because it's one of those that you can sing along to and it's a very powerful message overall this album to me, I love it and my rating have to be Oh, It's tough um an 8.8 8 out of 10 you just had that one on me, didn't you? Well, I, I don't like doing the 8.7... Okay, it's an 8.75 slash 8.8 out of 10. It's the same thing, basically.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're different, but okay. All right, all right. it's an 8.8 out of 10. Okay, 7. okay. I, gotta, I gave it an 8.75. Um, it definitely vibes, like, 2012 to 2015 Metalcore. Like, it definitely sounds... Reminds you of that era, but it's a very modern take on it. And, like it's so good you gotta go listen to it there's not a bad song on the album
0: it, it's just i don't know consistency every song is really good and although i don't think any song is going to be like some eh, a pressure point could be like on a song of the year for me at least but like it's just so good to start to finish so powerful yeah. so emotional thank you ghost inside for not only coming back but putting out a banger of a record they didn't have to do with this but they did they did i wasn't expecting it i Color me freaking surprised. What color is that? Mm. Fuchsia, but like as if someone puked on it. That's the color of surprise. Wow. Yeah. Today I learned. And you know what that makes me think of? Born of Osiris. Which part? The the, the bar for the fuchsia. <laughs> the the fuchsia, because the last time we saw Born of Osiris, the drummer came out into the crew into the crowd wearing a fuchsia what is it onesie or no it was a dress it was a dress oh yeah it was a fuchsia dress yeah he had
1: like on a one of those are like, called bodysuits where it's like just one color that you zip up the back a morph suit a morph suit mm-hmm. but underneath the morph suit he only had the morph suit up like halfway mm-hmm. but like underneath the morph suit or on top of the morph suit, rather, he was wearing a pink like dress with a tutu. <laughs> and before, like, th- I think they were one of the late last bands, if not the last band. No, mm-hmm. bring me the, or, <laughs> between the or between the of me was last the last band? band. They were one of the last bands. They yeah. were the second to last band. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So before their their set, their drummer was just in the crowd moshing. Mm-hmm. We're like, dude, check out that guy in the dress. And we're like, dude, that's the drummer.
0: <laughs> that's Cameron. And then sure enough, whenever they come up to play their show he's in the dress still it was pretty funny yeah so yeah we wanted to dive a little deeper not I guess not dive deeper, just kind of talk about Born of Osiris to I think us they're a pretty important band we've been listening to them since the beginning of our days in the metalcore world or whatever and still listening to them now for me personally they're the band I've seen live most and that is completely by accident <laughs> I've only like once or maybe I think once gone to a show to see Bone Osiris But they've always been at shows that I've gone to and I mean, I'm not gonna complain They're not my favorite band, but they put on an incredible live show. That's just so much fun They love to like dance and party and that, that can be fun
1: Yeah, they definitely out of like they put on the most consistent live show I've seen Yeah, because a lot of the other bands Like you'll go see them and it's very crowd dependent on whether or not it's a good time. Like the bands are doing the same thing, but the crowds like, depending on some certain interactions between like the vocalist or whatever, like the crowd may or may not get riled up. Mm -hmm. You don't, like the vocalist doesn't even need to do anything in Born of Osiris because like the synth hits and then, like, everybody starts dancing, and then the vocalist just drops out of nowhere, just hits you with these low gutturals, hanging from the ceiling, swinging from bars, and, like, the crowd goes nuts.
0: Yeah, it's just the music that they play is so easy to jump up and down, bang your head to, and kind of, like, dance to, like you said. And if the crowd isn't that good, all they have to do is play bow
1: down, because he will just say, fucking bow down, and then the whole crowd goes nuts. The, like, the china hits, and then, like, the pit opens and just sucks <laughs> everyone in. Yeah, it's great.
0: But, like, who is born of Osiris? We're just talking about some, I what, four or five dudes from Chicago? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's who they are. They are four or five dudes from Chicago. From Chicago, Illinois, not too far from St. Louis. Let's go Cardinals. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, they formed in 2003, but they weren't
1: originally born of Osiris. Who did they start out as? Banding was, firstly, diminished. They were putting out some like, what'd you call it, emo? It was definitely emo post-hardcore music. Yeah, it, go snipe the EP under diminished, um, I forget the name of it. Do you remember what it was called? Uh,
0: Your Heart Engraved or Engrave Your Heart. It's something like that. It has your heart and engrave somehow written out.
1: Yeah, it's, it's very strange, but like, one of the songs in that EP, I guess you could call it, is actually a song on their first album and like, hearing like the differences and how they progressed in that one album was kind of cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're, I wouldn't suggest going and listening to the original <laughs> stuff because it's not that good, but they were so young at that time, I mean, it wouldn't, I, I wouldn't put out good music at that age. Uh-huh. I, I mean, I'm older than them
1: now and I'm putting out worse music. <laughs> <now>. <laughs>
0: I wouldn't go that far. But yeah, so they started out as diminished, then they kind of changed their name again, and then eventually, in 2007, four years after their, like, Founding, whatever you want to call it, they settled on Born of Osiris, which I'm glad that's the best it's, name. It's a sick name. It's a decent name. It's kick, yeah. Except for the one bad thing about it is that like back in high school when people were wearing Osiris shoes, I always put them together and I was like, oh those that's cringy. <laughs> but um, they put out the New Reign, and let me tell you, you might not think it's that that great of an album because one. I don't think I don't think it's necessarily that great of an album right now in this day and age. But for 2007, that was a huge album because it was tech deathcore in a sense, like genre-wise, but kind of also had gent elements before gent elements were popular. And they were Sumerian Records and they were like we've talked about Sumerian Records a lot and there's Sumerian 3 which is like born of Osiris, Vale of Maya, and Periphery. They're three bands that formed around the same time. Uh, yes, sorry, four bands after the burial's on there as well. So, born of Osiris, Vale of Maya, after the burial, Periphery, all formed around the same time, all, they're not all from the same city, I think Vale of Maya and born of Osiris from the same city, but they broke through around the same like few years Born of Osiris was the first one to release an album. That was in 2007. I believe Vela Maya was 2008. I think Periphery was 2009. I don't know, I have to look it all up again. But them being the first, I don't know, the other bands were probably already writing the other albums. Oh so. yeah, I mean, Misha
1: from Periphery's
0: got stuff from like 20 years before. Right. But they started that trend in a sense. They were the that initial band to throw that out there. And that's why I think The New Reign's a very, very special album, because it was the beginning of that era of music, because Sumerian blew up after those bands all came to yeah. light. Then they, b- they
1: set a tone for the... Bands blew up. For the, yeah, the industry. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, what do you think of The New Reign, though, overall?
1: Um, the New Reign, I think, is definitely dated. Um, mm-hmm. The songs themselves are insanely good. Especially considering from where they came from just a few years prior. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the themes going on in that songs will continue throughout all of their other albums, albeit in a much more toned-down way. But jumping ahead just a little bit, they re-recorded The New Rain under The Eternal Rain in 2017. Yes, And that album is still a banger, and I would not recommend listening to The New Rain unless you wanna get like the raw, what it really sounded like, just listen to the Eternal Rain. They changed stuff ever so slightly to be more modern, um, but that being considered, that album is always going to be very close to like a 10 out of 10.
0: Yeah, the Eternal Rain just kicks ass because we took that incredible first album, tweaked it to make it a bit more modern with like the production and things like that, and God, it's so good. It, it's, I mean, we haven't, we've only talked about technically one album so far. And that one is, uh, it's up there as my favorite Born of Osiris album. But gosh, them re releasing it, that that was the best way to go. And I will tell you why a little bit later on. I'll, I'll come Ooh, back to it. I'll, I'll come back to it. Nice. Okay. But after The New Rain, they released A Higher Place, which I don't know about you. I haven't listened to A Higher Place that much. I listened to it. But it wasn't memorable to me. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of it. I don't know what it is, but I just thought it was... Okay. Yeah, it was just okay. I think it might have been like... It was like the same style as The New Reign and everything. But again, it has the older production and the older feel. And they they didn't re-release that one. So maybe it's just... I don't know. It's dated I
1: think it was also a little bit like the sophomore effect or like whatever you want to call that. That's where true. Like they didn't do enough different to justify the second album. Mm-hmm. And it didn't have enough of the charm of the first maybe that was because the first album was just you know a new genre pretty mm-hmm. much um, but it just it fell flat compared to the new rain like if I wasn't if I was in 2009 when the higher place came out I would listen to it and then immediately go back to the new rain hmm and I wasn't actively listening to the to the band during this time
0: so I can't say if like critically that's what people felt that a higher place was worse than the new rain i don't know but they definitely decided to make a change when it came to going from the new rain to their third album the discovery um the new rain came out in 2009 discovery 2011 so they're releasing albums every two years which was pretty common back then why was the discovery so different though i mean it it is just if you were to listen to the discovery and then any of their other albums it's
1: it's like on a different playing field so I'll, i'll tell you two reasons one, I actually don't know about the higher place if they did this or not, but they use seven string guitars a lot, so it's a lot heavier. Okay. Because the, the, new, the new Slash Eternal Rain is all in six string guitars in mm. a very modest drop seat tuning, okay, which is pretty standard for the metal core scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they, went to dr- they went to a seven string and then down tuned that, so it's pretty heavy. But they also added Jason Richardson, Into the mix and you can really tell on all the songs because there's a lot of little shreddery going around everywhere and one of uh, i mean not one of the best born of osiris song is on this album and one of the best metalcore songs is on this album
0: would it be metalcore though i'm not trying to like are you with you but I feel like it's not at But that's just whatever not,
1: genre this whatever whatever genre, you would call it. that's true. You know, listen to our genre episode. <laughs> um, you'll you'll figure out why genres are a whole bunch of BS. Exactly. Um, but no, behold. Like it, there's there's like an orchestra. There's like some synths. There's like noodle noodles to the max in terms of what's going on. There's breakdowns like this album. Has it all this was top notch through and through if you ask
0: most people they're going to say that the discovery is the best one of osiris album and technically it probably is it is definitely the most complex prolific album and that's because of jason like if you don't know who jason richardson is he's a very prolific guitar player like that's what he does is play really incredible guitar
1: solos and just, I don't know, just sounds good all the time. That's not to discredit everyone else on the album, but the addition of Jason changed enough of their sound to take them to the next level.
0: Right, yeah, and th- they're all good in their own Lee McKinney, the guitarist, the main guitarist, I would say, does so well on his own. Like, he's an incredible guitarist, but they're just a different style. It was an elevated style, and you could really see it. So, like, a lot of the metal elitists and, like, pe- like people that might not be huge fans of Borno Osiris because, like, I feel like if you're a huge fan, you're gonna love all the albums. But they think the Discovery is the best album, Um, and it is an incredible, incredible album. But to me, it's kind of got it has an asterisk on it. I don't really view it as much as a Born of Osiris album. Oh
1: yeah, it's definitely like the timeline of Born of Osiris does not include this album. It's all in its own little box. And that's because we haven't even said it yet. But Jason, that's the only album that he's on Mm -hmm. after the Discovery.
0: They kicked him. Yeah. Why would you kick someone? That was so damn good at what they
1: were doing and made to date at that point their best album well the band statement pretty much just said it needed to happen and there was like you know creative differences yada yada <laughs> but according to Jason they kicked him out because Jason didn't approve of their lifestyle choices and ended up acting like this dad figure and they were like we don't need
0: dads see ya so I understand they just had a difference of opinion and that's, that's gonna happen yeah so totally no, no
1: hard feelings either side uh, well I am not gonna t- go that far until you find out that they they slash Sumerian slash some party didn't give Jason any of the royalties for the discovery until Jason had a whole bunch of lawyers and phone calls and emails and everything until like what was it earlier 2020 this year so it took
0: nine years that one came out in 2011, and Jason just now received royalties nine years later. That sucks, and I'm not—I don't want to put any hate on Born of or any hate. I'll put a little bit of hate on Sumerian Records, but something bad—something went wrong. But finally, he got his money. It kind of, from what I was like hearing, it sounded more on the Sumerian side. I want to blame it on Sumerian. I—I'm spiteful to them nowadays, but yeah, the discovery was such an incredible album but to me not quite a born of osiris album just because mm-hmm. yeah. none of the albums sound like that including the one after that tomorrow we die alive came out again two years after 2013 and that was the album that came out when i was actually listening to it that was the first album to come out um yeah, my lord i love that album that one hits the nostalgia
1: factor for me one thousand percent yeah i think that is that album they solidified their boo formula boo born of osiris yes and like if you go the new rain a higher place tomorrow we die alive you can see the progression exactly cut out discovery like you're saying but like from tomorrow we die alive i would say until the simulation their latest album their sound just kind of stagnated Their all their albums from then just kind of put out like it sounded like songs from the same recording session, pretty much.
0: Yeah, I would, I would agree. Tomorrow, when you say all the albums, there was really only one other album after Tomorrow We Die Live. <laughs> Yeah, I
1: guess that's true. <laughs> and
0: before The Simulation, so those two, Tomorrow We Die Live, which came out in twenty thirteen, and Soul Sphere, Soul Sphere, which came out in twenty, what, fifteen? Yeah, two years later. Oh yeah, it <laughs> makes sense. They're very similar, almost too similar. And to the point that I actually I can't name a song on Soul spirit because I don't know if I've ever listened to it all the way through. Every time I've listened to that album, I'm just like, eh, it's okay, because I'd rather listen to that. We Die Alive, because to me it's like about it's in the same spot, it's the same thing. I have the nostalgia to
1: it. I mean, the only reason I liked I liked Soul Sphere so much is because when I was in college, one day freshman was that freshman or was... sophomore year that would have been. That would have been the end of freshman year. In, end of freshman year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom and aunt surprise visited me one day. Took me out to lunch. Your mom and aunt. My, you have a mom and aunt? <laughs> my mom and also my aunt <laughs> <laughs> um, came to surprise me. They took me out to like brunch and then like took me shopping to stock up on some supplies. Very nice in college, definitely very needed. Oh, yeah. Um, a local like comic book board game geek emporium, if you will, was going out of business. So, we, uh, stopped in there, picked up a whole bunch of cool stuff. They had the newborn of Osiris album, which I didn't know existed. you said cool stuff. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oof. I'm just kidding. I was like, wait, that is what I said, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they had it on sale for like three dollars. Holy crap! And then also, my mom bought it for me. Even better. So like, I, I like you can't not like that. That's true. So I think that's the only reason I liked it so much. Because it was just more of the same, and I think it's a little worse than *Tomorrow We Die Alive*. I would agree, but like, not a he- not a noticeable amount. Not the not like, a big drop Like off. if if these were report card scores, <sighs> like you wouldn't be concerned that your grades are like going real down. That's
0: fair. Yeah, I mean *Tomorrow We Die Alive* came out, and that was like what got me into *One of Osiris*. And then Soul Sphere came out. And at that point, I think I wasn't listening to that genre as intensely. I, I was more into metalcore because I, I think, uh, it's pretty close to metalcore, but I don't know. There was different bands I was focused on and it didn't tickle my fancy when it was like initially released. So I just kind of dropped it off the face of the earth and forgot about it. And then two years later, they released the Eternal Rain. But that wasn't a new album. And at that point, I was like, well, it's, it's just the new rain. Like, I don't, I don't care. And at that, at that point, I was kind of done with Buenos of Osiris. Not in a mean way. I just, I, I progressed differently in my listening habits.
1: You hit your low point in the relationship. Yeah.
0: yeah. But you, you kind of changed that. Because you
1: were like, dude, the eternal Rain's really fucking good. And I remember because we were, so it came out um, when I graduated college. Like uh, the, my senior year, mm-hmm. and I didn't really listen to it at the time that it came out. However, after we gradu, after I graduated, I w- went on a trip, and the day I came back, we were going to go see them in concert. We were going to see them and somebody else. The day you came back, from yeah, college. I do remember that. I forget who else was there. Oh, it was uh, it was the Gideon, uh, Currents was there. Um Born of Osiris was on that show? Yeah. Were they? I thought so. Maybe. I do remember seeing Gideon, Currence. No. It was not the Gideon and one. That was a different one. Okay. Who Who else did we see? It was a Pops. Because I remember standing there, going hard for Bono of Osiris and then literally like falling asleep because I had just gotten off a jet. Like the, like literally the day before. And I was there? Yeah. We went together. <laughs> and was that Pops? It was a Pops. I don't remember. I've seen them so many freaking times. Yeah, though. I've seen this so many times. But anyway, to prepare for that, I I made a playlist and listened to the playlist on the plane. Mm-hmm. Downloaded the music from Spotify and just, that's all I listened to when I wasn't, you know, watching the freaking movies or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. And then, you know, I texted Logan. It's like, dude, this is awesome. You gotta listen to it.
0: And I did. And I don't remember what song it was. But I wish I did. I, I, I remember I, the album didn't hit me until I listened to Bow Down again. And I was like, oh, God, yeah, this is it. And from then on, I was like, The Eternal Rain is such a good album. And at that point was my favorite album by them because it's just so clean. And so it is everything that Bo- Buenos Aires has to offer at its best in that album at that point in time without a doubt they took everything they had done and learned from their years and years of playing and put just that was the best
1: and like we like we've been saying the the re-recording was so much a so much better choice than a lot of the bands are doing a remaster like don't get me wrong remasters are great because you hear it in a different way mm-hmm. but the re-recording let them take their new skills they've learned across the way mm-hmm. and put them back into us it's almost like a reimagining too they kept the core of the song and then, like they sprinkled in some new stuff, and you know, made everything sound better and more tight and clean and gent. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's if you want to take one of your first albums and do it justice. That's how you do it. Definitely, I one hundred percent. That's what Periphery is doing. P One. It's a re-record too. Ooh, I hope so. I hope
0: so. And so I just said earlier that I was going to talk about something later. I talked about how the new rain. What did I say again I already forgot the new rain yeah no, you said we'll talk about it later How about it okay so what I wanted to say was they released their eternal rain in 2017 so at that point I was like we had heard tomorrow we die live in soul sphere and then the eternal rain and I, that I were kind of losing my interest and then they say we have a split album coming out 2019 I was like god damn it not another split album why is Sumerian doing this to us again if you don't know, a split album is when they take an album and they release it into in two at two different points, even though you could re- you could technically release it all at one because the length of the album as a split is basically two EPs that you pay full price for. Ridiculous, 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 and I hate it most of the time. Most of the time.
1: Sometimes, if they're actually two full lengths of an album,
0: a split done right is. Peripheries juggernaut yeah. Alpha and Omega. That's two full albums split, but re- they released they were released at the same time on the same day.
1: Another okayish example, and you could buy them
0: at like together.
1: Another okayish example is System of a Down's Hypnotize, Mesmerize, but they weren't same day releases. They weren't same day, but they were two full albums at like very short interval apart. Uh, I think half a year or something like that. And like those are okay examples of split albums, right? Bad examples of split albums would be
0: Between the Buried and Me's Automata 1 and Automata 2. Which should've just been Between the Buried and Me's Automata, because it was so, sh- both segments, uh, sorry, both points were so short that listening to one or the other, I, was, I wasn't I was satisfied. Listening to them both, I was very satisfied. And but kinda, I had to pay full price. Yeah. I, like, yeah. I'm a vinyl collector, so I wanted both of them. I had to pay $60 to have both vinyls like that is not okay because you could not have cool. fit it into one vinyl mm-hmm. and ridiculous okay but let's go back in time a little bit sorry ran over with <laughs> <laughs> the eternal rain and when the simulation was coming out and they said it was split I was kind of like well I'm if this isn't good I'm kind of done with this band the eternal rain was the best thing that ever happened to these guys because I think them reliving that music and rewriting that music gave them that same inspiration they had back in the day because the simulation took that sound from the, from the New rain and Eternal rain and that pure, the best Born of Osiris sound and then elevated it one more time. They went back to their roots and put out a better album. So anyone listening, if you used to listen to Born of Osiris and got kind of tired of them and then just stopped, and you haven't heard the simulation, please go listen to it, because it's fantastic.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's still very recognizable from, like, Tomorrow We Die Alive in Soul Sphere. Oh, yes. But it is more of the new slash Eternal Rain than the other parts. And the com- the way they combined them is they got rid of all the bad things in both of them and only took the good and, like like you said, whole new level. They basically
0: took the core parts that made... Them so good. I don't even know what those parts would be, but they took the core parts. They sprinkled it throughout the simulation, and then they added new and unique elements that they had never done before in almost every single song, and it was so refreshing. Just it was a little short because it was a split album, which and that, came and that came out came out in t- January, January twenty nineteen, and the second part's still not out, so. I don't know what happened. They're pre-gaming
1: the coronavirus music
0: freeze. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but the simulation, I am satisfied listening to that front to back, even though it is a bit short, so I'm not as peeved about it anymore because it was it was very good and
1: satisfying. But man, quit with that split shit, man. Yeah. I mean, like like we we're we're not gonna run I'm not gonna rant again. We're gonna I'm just gonna re say everything that I already said yeah so real quick let's recap
0: they released albums every two years and they've actually done that since 2007 that's impressive as hell so we should be getting one next, next year. year technically but they were supposed to release the second part of the simulation last year So who the <laughs> hell knows <laughs> the new rain good album great eh, great album sorry great album a higher place good album the discovery incredible album tomorrow we die alive great album Soul Sphere, good album. The Eternal Rain, incredible album. Simulation. I mean in between.
1: I would say it's incredible. I I don't know. It's like in between great and incredible. It's right. It's yeah, not it's, it's right definitely right not great and it's also not incredible. It's just right there.
0: Yeah. Um, what, what would you say is your favorite Born of Osiris album?
1: Oh, the Discovery.
0: The Discovery is yeah. your favorite?
1: But like if we're only counting like true, <laughs> like canon Born of Osiris, yes. uh, I would say the Eternal Rain. Eternal Rain. Ooh. So, I mean, technically,
0: yeah, the Discovery is the best, but for me, personally, I have to go with the Simulation. I think they took the Eternal Rain, they took the good parts, and then they just added these weird other fun little doohickeys throughout. Um, and it's a very great way to progress. I'm excited for, to see what else they have to offer.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Damn. Born of Osiris, though, has been... I want to say huge to me, even though I don't listen to them like on my phone or whatever that
1: much, just because yeah. I've seen them so many times. It's, it's so funny because, like, we're never like, wow, Born of Osiris is so good. But, like, at every point in our musical journey, They've Born Osiris has been there. I've seen <laughs> them
0: like almost every year. And they're no, they're they're absolutely fun live. If you haven't seen them live, definitely try to. If, you, if you, there's other bands you're interested in too, like <laughs> it's a gr- fun fun time. They love to like get in be- like in with the crowd and
1: yeah, and pretty much anytime Bourne's Borns near me, I'm going to go from now on. Um yeah, just because like I don't even care who's on the ticket. Like I will go just for Bourne just to have fun at their set. I don't even, like a lot of the times, whenever I go see a band, I know this is kind of like a controversial like topic, but like I like to know what the set list is so I can prepare. <laughs> yeah. Um, with Born of Osiris, it doesn't matter because I'm just there to have fun. I'm not there to like get my dose of live music from a band I like, I'm there to have fun.
0: Damn, that's true. Yeah, I, I don't really care about the Bournes set list, but I'd normally look for people to for band set list. Yeah. Like,
1: if, if I go to see Between the Buried Me and Me live, Life, I want to know the set list so I can mentally prepare myself for what's about to happen. I
0: mean, that makes sense. Their discography is so, like, one out there, and they their songs are so long, they're only going to play four or five live anyways. But, like, I,
1: I got to, like, get myself in the mood to hear those songs live, because it's like, it's like a journey. And,
0: yeah. like,
1: if I get blindsided by the journey, I might not make it out alive. <laughs> but, like... And like uh, same as if I go see like I don't know Vale of Mai or something like I want to know the songs so I can know the good parts and like what to go hard to and when to save my energy I'm essentially making like an itinerary of how hard to go you're getting old you gotta make sure you have the energy for the whole <laughs> show that <But laughs> she's picking and choosing what songs you're gonna go hard to but like yeah I mean of Osiris is just a start to finish party
0: definitely and apparently Jason Richardson didn't like that so he left <laughs> Moving on to the hot takes for the week. Do you have one for us? I do.
1: You do have a yeah. hot take. What is it? It's... The song name is Flamingo. Flamingo. The band is Carol Caro Bonito. Oh, my God. You do not like oh this song at all. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what is Caro Caro Bonito? I don't know.
1: So, um, it's this... Group band, I don't know, but the the singer sings in uh, sings sometimes in English, sometimes in Japanese, and like it's electronic music for sure, but it's so catchy. Like I I don't really like the song. It's not <laughs> something I listen, like I I would. It's not something I would normally listen to at all, but it's stuck in my head so often that I have to listen to it. And then one time I was driving to work, I'm like I gotta get the song on. It's stuck in my head. I played it got into a, a risky traffic situation so i couldn't change it back to something else mm-hmm. and then they're like they just started shuffling other songs by them and then they all got stuck in my head so like i'm by accident stuck listening to caro to oh i found flamingo because somebody made a chart for it in clone hero which is like an open-source guitar hero okay and i was just scrolling through and i was like what is flamingo and like it was in one of those i don't like the Expansion packs or whatever like it's a clear it to get to the next one. i played it. and I'm like this is sick <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good, goodness, goodness. yeah, you probably I mean it's definitely more suited for non metal people So if you're a metal head and you listen to it just be warned that it's Just laugh at it or laugh with it if you will It's
0: definitely something that it's a specific taste I would say not either good or bad Just you have to be either in that mood or like that type of music and at the time I first heard it I wasn't in the mood so I was like eh. But, I mean that's what really makes it a hot take you know it does make it a hot take i i've got a good hot take and this one has a story to it so you probably heard the intro at the beginning of this episode uh written and recorded by yours truly because we like to have fun and do dumb things yeah. but while recording and writing that intro for you guys i don't know what how but you said the words ghost note
1: yeah i was trying to explain like what a ghost note is when you're drumming. Right. And I had no idea. So I Jordan's got a Google thing. And I was like,
0: hey, Google, what's a ghost note? And then it said, now playing ghost note. And I was like, no, that's not what I asked. But then this delicious, swanky jazz music just started playing.
1: And it was Incredible! I didn't expect it. It came out of nowhere. Yeah, we just we just pretty much sat there for like a good minute and a half, just looking at each other, like, what? What just happened?
0: And we found the band Ghost Note. They're, they I've listened to more than one song, and they're kind of a mix of genres, but they mostly jazz, and it's kind of funky. The song that I want you guys to go listen to is Swagism. <laughs> I hate that song name, but Swagism by Ghost Note. We'll throw that, and we'll throw flamingo into the hot takes playlist now metal great so hot takes are just kind of like things we think you should listen to because they're either we think they're good and different or they're just different or they're just fun whatever it is it's a hot take but metal greats are like some of the best of the best our, in a sense like our favorite metal songs are the ones we think are just like so damn good and um, I've talked about it before on the podcast a little bit, and we've written a review on the album Singularity by Northlane. I love that album so much. I so so ahead of its time, and just the way it sounded came out in like twenty thirteen. Go listen to this metal great, Quantum Flux by Northlane. The ambiance, the heaviness, the vocals, the meaning that song. It's five stars because it has everything. It's got Incredible vocals, incredible lyrics, incredible guitar, drum playing,
1: whatever it is. It's there. All parts are there. And then afterwards, start the album in the beginning and then just go front it back. Yeah, just <laughs>
0: listen to that album for the rest of your life over and over
1: again and I'm pretty certain you'll still love yourself because it's so good. So I'm going to cheat a little bit for the Metal Great. Oh, okay. I'm just going to go ahead and put Behold by Born of Osiris on there damn out of all the born of songs you want behold
0: yep then there you have it folks. and
1: i still remember in high school i was part of a guitar ensemble where all of the seniors in high school we all played guitar in pretty much the same band <laughs> we would like trade off roles so like we were all varying degrees of good like we knew what we were playing we could play it mm-hmm. some of us we all had our own taste of music, so I was the most like metal inclined. We had one guy that was very like Guns N' Roses inclined, whatever you would consider that genre. And then one that was very like funk, uh, reggae, kind of, or not reggae, but like, a, I don't know how to describe it. But we, we were all in our different areas. And I just remember hearing this song for the first time and passing it around to all the guys in the guitar ensemble. And like every single one of them only had amazing things to say about the guitar work some of them are like can't don't like the screaming and some of them are like the song sucks but like the guitar solo is incredible so like this was a defining moment in my guitar journey and I still can't play it cuz fuck Jason Richardson
0: (laughs) he is too damn good Um, that's funny that brings up a story that I have in high school I was in a class it was the it was this weird class that was like a literature class but it was mostly about like comic books and music and pop culture literature sick so it was it was awesome and one of the project it wasn't really a project one of the things that we had to do was we had to find either a song a poem or maybe maybe a skit some type of short piece of literature that like spoke to us in a sense um that it like put itself higher than other things and so in this class there was a lot of rap songs there was a few poems there was a lot of there's a few pop songs and then before I went this dude who I had no idea what his name is but he was definitely a metalhead he comes up and all of a sudden recreate by born of osiris starts playing on the screen the music video and i was like hell freaking yeah dude i'm totally down for this i wasn't expecting it he's just that one metal guy from your high school man. That one metal guy and you could definitely tell like everyone was down with the rap and pop songs and then when that came on everyone was like what the fuck is going on right now and i'm sitting there like like acting like i don't know because i was weird and shy in school and so i'm just in there like smiling to myself like <laughs> hell yeah And then I played uh, Second and Sebring by Up and Man because I love the meaning of that song. And so, yeah, that was a good day. That was a a very good day. (sighs) So, if you're still listening to our voices, thank you so freaking much. We appreciate it. If you liked it, hated it, you want to see us never put out a podcast ever again because it's so bad, go leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That's the best way to do that. Leave us an album or a song, I I would prefer an album for sure, and we'll listen to it and we'll give our thoughts on it once we see that you left a review. So uh, yeah, this was a fun episode. What was a fun episode. They're always fun episodes. They're always a fun episode. Yeah,
1: except for that one episode. That one episode that wasn't that fun. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> the one time, though no, our failed episode. Oh yeah, we recorded an entire episode. What happened? The microphone quality, like, it was one of the first ones we did remote. Uh, yes, and, yeah. like, it just, we didn't test it beforehand, and it was seriously just ruined, because it was either Logan was too loud and I was too quiet, or the inverse, it was, we had a lot of fun recording it, don't get me wrong, but when we listened to it, and we were just like, Fuck. Awful. Could not put it out. So then we re-recorded that episode,
0: and I don't, it was still fun. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It was good. So, yeah, go ahead, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to listen to the hot takes and metal grades those playlists are out on spotify i update them kind of a, actually a little before the episode comes out so you, so get, you get a, a sneak peek a little sneak peek yeah also a sneak peek next week for our in-depth review of albums we're going to be talking about in's debut lp splinters from an ever-changing Face. so come check that out next week and as always Stay mental, my friends.